Welcome, 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 esteemed guests. This is another episode of Par for the Course. I am your host, John Webb, and I am seated next to the elegant and well-spoken, it's kind of the same thing, Andy Proctor. Yes, sir. Andy, how you doing, man? Doing great, you know? Yeah. Talking about golf. Can't always be this good when you get to talk about golf as much as we get to, so this is pretty great. Well, a lot to get to in the PGA Tour world. Um, some new recent announcements that came out today that we'll touch on as far as um, new changes to the the tour venues and tour tournaments next year. Um, so it sounds like next year for the 2024 season, um, they've made some major changes where there will be uh, designated events that have been drastically altered. So the four majors, the Players' Championship, three FedEx Cup playoff events, and additional eight still-to-be-determined events now will have no cuts and will be trimmed down to 70 to 80 players on for the field. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, pretty crazy. So just some context real fast. The top 50 players from the previous year's FedEx Cup points list can play, along with the top 10 players not otherwise eligible using the current FedEx Cup standings. The top five players not otherwise eligible earning the most FedEx Cup points between designated events. Current year PGA Tour winners not otherwise eligible and PGA Tour members in the top 30 official world golf rankings. So pretty crazy. I mean, it sounds like they're taking the the model that Liv is doing and doing their own version. So what were your initial thoughts when you first saw that? Well, the first the first thing I saw of it, I had no idea it had happened until I saw a tweet from uh, Lee Westwood. Um, Who is that? <laughs> oh, Lee Westwood. You're right. Yeah, I remember. I now. think he's a golfer. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um, he tweeted something along the lines of, you know, hey, I've the, over the last year, all I've been hearing is how good, you know, 150 man fields and 50 or 36 hole cuts are for the sport and mm-hmm. now you know pga tour is following suit which i have to agree it's kind of a it's been kind of interesting how pgr a pga tour has been able to like <clears throat> kind of say not save face but uh kind of maintain their Standing and saying, oh, we were always planning on doing these things when it took until Live Golf started and, and poached a bunch of players for them to make changes to their purses and to mm-hmm. make changes to base salaries offered to, you know, rookies and, and players that didn't perform well enough mm-hmm. to win, you know, enough money. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that, you know, we get sick of seeing leaderboards that are full of people we have no idea who they are and then all of a sudden the pga comes out with a model that emphasizes you know no cuts so that mm-hmm. their best players can still play on saturday and sunday right yeah i have mixed feelings about this um what bothered me was i think i sent this to you is a tweet from live golf saying imitation is the greatest form of flattery congratulations pga tour welcome to the future <laughs> like, which <laughs> i just have to say it's like you can be right and in the way you say it if, you, if the way you say it is wrong it's like you're not going to win people over i know i think that's just the brand that they're going for it's kind of like a 
we don't care what you think we're going to say and do what we want kind of mentality, which I don't love. But I mean, my initial reaction was um, I'm happy they're making changes to make the, the golf product more appealing. And I do think that this will do that. Um, But like I said on our previous conversation, my biggest thing about live is the lack of competition without cuts. Now, maybe I'm viewing that incorrectly. Um, but it sounds like from what I've seen from other players' reactions, like Rory McIlroy thinks it's going to improve the product tremendously. So. Well, and the thing I thought was interesting is I, I read an article today about Phil Mickelson. Mm. And, I mean, we all know that Phil has kind of dropped off over the last few years, right? Um, but not even just since he joined Liv. I mean, uh, I mean, aside from winning the um, – what do you win the PGA championship? Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from winning that, like for years and years before that, Phil had never, had not really been the same. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, he, he made history by winning the PGA championship and all that was really cool. Um, but, but then since then, since I'm signing sure. with Liv, since signing with Liv, um, he has just dropped off so hard. His, mm-hmm. his, his, um, I think they said over the last like eight or nine tournaments, he's shot like 28 over. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tied. He's, he's finished like tied for 33rd, tied for 48th, tied for 33rd. You know, he's not been playing well. And, you know, I look at that in comparison to the drive that some of these kids have on the tour, mm-hmm. uh, on the PGA tour to win, because for them, it's like, if I don't make the cut, I don't get paid. Mm-hmm. And for all these guys on live, it's like, oh, I don't care if I don't make the cut because I got paid. And everyone's saying, well, you know, gosh, why don't we make golf more like the NBA mm-hmm. where your money's guaranteed? Why don't we make golf more like the NFL where you have uh, contracts that are guaranteed? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm honestly thinking, why don't we make the NBA more like the PGA Tour where, hey, like, if you don't win 35 games this year, guess what? You don't get paid half of what your contract was you know, was set up for. Yeah, that's a pretty um, hot take. You know, like like if if you are getting, and, and everyone knows that the greats don't play for money, right? The greats play for championships. Mm-hmm. But how many of those guys out there are so fine with just coasting mm-hmm. because they know at the end of the day they're going to make their bag? Yeah. And it's like maybe the PGA Tour has it right and maybe the rest of the sports associations and leagues should – follow suit yeah the thing i think that bothered me the most is um i mean our opinion i think is the same in that we don't love live we don't love what it's doing to the game of golf but what i think bothers me the most about this change that the pga tour is doing is that it almost feels like live is making or ruffling enough feathers to make that change to force the pga to make that change it really is yeah it's like they're causing the PGA Tour to shift things around because they're this high and mighty new golf league. It's kind um, of a necessary evil. Exactly. And, you know, I am all for good competition, right? Like having another league is fine. I just think the way that Liv goes about doing things, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, well, look at like like the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour have coexisted for a lot of years. Right. And like it's not like the PGA Tour – is completely opposed to there being other leagues in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's what irked me a little bit, was 
I'm glad they're doing their their it's forcing the PGA Tour to make a change, but it bothers me a little bit that Live is has this effect on the PGA Tour. Um do I think that it will help the product the PGA presents? I think it will. Um I am really interested to see how the no cuts goes. That's my biggest thing is not having a cut and forcing but at the same time they've minimized the field so that it's less players. So Overall, you know, I think it's a good step in the right direction for the PGA Tour, but I just wish it were motivated by different things. I will say one thing I hate about it. What if you are one of these PGA uh, Tour players, one of these new guys? You just got your card, right? Say you're Sahith Tagala. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's been playing really well. But say you're a guy like Sahith or any other, you know, corn fairy guy who was lucky enough to win three times in one season, and you make it up and you get your PGA card. Mm -hmm. And you're so excited to play in the Masters. And all of a sudden, because you're not one of the top 50 players in the tour, say you're you're playing really well as a rookie, and you're 75th on tour. Now all of a sudden you don't get to play. Yeah, you can't play. Like now you don't get to, even the the Players' Championship, which is a great championship. Should be a major in my opinion. But it's not a major. Like that is a that is a cha- uh, a tournament that every tour player, mm-hmm. if you you know are eligible, you should be able to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I think for that reason it kind of sucks because it it does take on kind of more of that. Well, we only care about our top seventy guys, mm-hmm. you know. And and where would where were all of our top fifteen right now? All of our top fifteen favorite guys, where were they five ten years ago? Right at the very bottom. So then the question in my mind is, all right, so we don't necessarily love this, but then what, because obviously Liv has made a splash in the golf world to the point that things need to change, right? Like you can't stick to the status quo if you're the PGA Tour because now you have this new up and coming league that has more money than you do that they can do anything that they want essentially. So what is it that you or that we would do if we were the PGA tour at that point, like how do you compete with someone like that when you don't have as much money, but you do have better players? You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the thing I don't know is like, how do you, how would you handle it? And I think they're doing the best they can with this change is like, all right, like the model that live has obviously is something that they think is a good model. Right. To the point that they're willing to change eight to, you know, however many events and how those are structured. Yeah. It's tricky, right? Like it's tr- it's finding that balance of how do we compete with this new up and coming Saudi back league that has billions and billions of dollars. Uh, I can't even fathom what I would do with that money, but right. It's just finding that balance is kind of the tricky part. Um so it's interesting. Should be interesting how the next year goes, but I did want to ask you something. Did you see um, so Live Golf had their debut last week, their first tournament on the yeah. CW. In Mexico. Yeah. And um, they had record low ratings. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So the CW came out and let them know what the ratings were. So let me see if I can find it. Let's see. Okay. So this is saying that... Um, the Sports Business Journal reported that less than 300,000 viewers watched action on Saturday and Sunday for a 0.18 household rating. 
the viewership was particularly weak in New York City, blah, 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 blah. According to the media, Live Golf averaged 0. 0.08 household rating with under 8,000 viewers on Saturday. So My gosh. I read that it performed worse than – I can't remember the show on the CW. I'll have to find it. But basically they bombed. Their first tournament bombed yeah. as far as TV ratings go. Now, Incredible. yeah, they came out and made a statement saying we're ecstatic about the results. It's better than we expected. Kind of like what you're supposed to say. You're right. But like, just save face. <laughs> just to save face. But it's as far as TV goes, it may be that they need some more momentum because obviously it's very new. But or a different network. <laughs> or a different network. I don't even know. Can you? Get Although, it? if they underperformed, even according to the CW's yeah. sta- uh, standards, then. What does that say about the American public's interest in that league? Honestly, or in golf in general. Well, but 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 then, like, have you even like have you been on any of the the chat boards or like Instagram comment sections? Like, it feels like the golf world is split down the middle. Mm-hmm. And some so, if you love it. if you got some people that are really excited, I mean, you I feel like you've got more than eight thousand people that want to watch live golf. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; I'm not upset about it, but. Yeah, I think – I mean, you didn't know there was a tournament. I didn't even know there was a tournament. Yeah. Um, would I have watched maybe just for curiosity's sake? Like what is it – what is about – what? what is this league, right? Like what does this look like? Yeah. Um, I feel like it gives like a high school rivalry type of feeling. <laughs> it's it like – It does. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Warner Brothers like family movie. That no one where really the, cares the about, kid, right? yeah, the kid, <laughs> the kid gets bullied by the quarterback from the other high school, and then uh, they see each other at the next golf tournament, and yep. they they fight over the same girlfriend or something. Pretty much, that's pretty much how it goes. So it's interesting. I don't know, man. It's it's. Um, I have no idea how the next twelve to twenty four months will go. Yeah, I. And how, what direction the PGA Tour takes because it, it, eventually I bet more and more players get poached and then the PGA Tour is going to be desperate. Like they got to do something. You think more players will go? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is the next player to go? I don't know. I mean, I think they'll take anyone at this point, but I'm sure they've made offers to – I mean, you saw on full swing like Matt Fitzpatrick said, yeah, they kind of made an offer, but it was kind of a half offer. Right. And so it's not like they're not reaching out to players to to improve their numbers. So should be interesting. Um, speaking of ratings, so last week, this is something I, I thought was interesting. So the Honda Classic um, didn't have very many star players in the field. No. Um, I remember looking at the top 10 list, and I think I recognized one, maybe two names on the the top 10. So the question that I saw posed by someone's Instagram account was, does this give you the same vibe of kind of the NBA and the difficulties they're having with players and load management? Mm. Meaning are these star players in the world golf rankings, top 10, 20 or 30, should they be playing in more of these type of events? What do you think? I mean that's hard. I think I think one reason why you didn't have a lot of players, a lot of you know top names playing in the Honda Classic was this uh, the Seminole Pro Member Tournament. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in Juno Beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you look at the tee sheet and uh, see if I can pull it up here. I mean, you had you had groupings that were incredible. I mean, um, you know, nine fifteen on on Monday, which is the the day after the Honda Classic ended. But you know how these guys structure their their weeks where they've got to have a you know a day off, a practice mm-hmm. round. You know, obviously they got to have a day to travel, stuff like that. Right. So listen to how many of these top players that would be you know from the tour that are that would normally be playing in these other events that were playing at this uh, Seminole Pro member. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, John Rahm, uh, Tony Finau, uh, oddly enough, paired up with Tom Brady. <laughs> Talk to <laughs> time. Um, Sungjae Im, Max Homa, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Shane Lowry, R- uh, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantley, Nick, uh, Xander Shoffley, mm-hmm. I mean, all these names of guys. I had no idea it was that stacked. I heard about this tournament, but what what was this tournament? I wasn't even aware. Honestly, I have no idea. So if you know what's going on with this tournament, then... Uh, comment below, because comment we below certainly don't. Comment below in a podcast. <laughs> like new, and subscribe. We're new to, we're new to podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone tweet at us. Tweet at us. Do we have Twitter? We can get one. We'll get a Twitter handle and let you know. You can you can message us if you if you're listening to this episode, you probably know us personally, and you can text us info about this. So that's that's number one the reason why there wasn't a lot of players at that tournament. But but yeah, I, I mean I, I it's so hard because the way the the tour is structured, right? It's like if you can play well enough at enough tournaments and score high enough to earn enough uh, FedEx Cup points, then then you don't need to play in these small tournaments, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and good for these, good for other players that get to, to try to get some wins when the top dogs are out. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's how Tony Finau got a lot of his first wins was, you know, in tournaments last year, the 3M Open and other tournaments like that where they said the field wasn't as strong. And um, you know, what? just to back Tony because he's my dog, he my boy, but also to back these guys that were playing at the Honda Championship this weekend. Uh, you know, it's not easy to win on tour, even when you know your top ten or fifteen guys aren't aren't out there, because you've got you still got a field of a hundred and forty other guys that you're trying to to play against. So, I don't think I manage it. I, I don't think I I mind it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah, I uh, I don't think that it's a major issue personally. Um, I think having if you were to try and make this required for players to play in more tournaments. I think that's part of the reason why everyone jumps ship and join live is they don't, they want to golf less and make more money. Right. And so the moment you require players, especially these higher caliber players playing these tournaments, the less likely you are to have them be motivated. Um, obviously the desire to be there and to play well. Right. Um, I mean, I've heard of in the past, you know, specific tournaments like I remember one, I can't remember which tournament Jordan Spieth went and actually played in it, but didn't really want to or need to. He did it as a courtesy to, I think, the tournament director. And like they were super grateful that he was there because of his notoriety and the exposure that he brought. But like you could tell he wasn't stoked to go because right. he wanted that week off break for whatever. Um, so I don't he, feel like he would do that, though. He's he would. Guy. He's a good dude. Right. Yes. Yeah, swear we'd be best friends. Shout out to Jordan Spieth. <laughs> You're my favorite player. Can I tell you? Like, Please be my best friend. <laughs> Can I tell you the most relatable story? Yeah. About Jordan Speed. I've actually told you this story before, I think, but for the listeners, 
my wife Sarah and I were living in uh, Mesa, Arizona from, uh, I think, June of 2021 to about uh, March of 2022. Mm -hmm. And so in the spring of 22, we went to the Waste Management Open. And we were following Jordan Spieth on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, We were watching him on hole 11, the par 4. And, you know, he hit his his ball, I think, off the right a little bit, um, kind of behind the trees. And then so he had had kind of a longer iron in to try to get on the green. And, uh, you know, ball ball bounced on the green, but kind of near the back. The pin was tucked back, back right. And so his his ball goes over down on t- down into the rough right by the water. Mm-hmm. So he comes walking up the fairway and, and onto the green, and we can see he's scanning for his ball. He saw where it had hit, but he didn't see that it had gone over. So he's scanning for his ball, scanning for his ball. He's starting to get a little worried. Scanning for his ball, and he looks over by the water, and almost like inquiring, he just looks over at us, at Sarah and me, and these two other guys that were next to us, and. Like the one guy just pointed over to his ball is buried in the rough, mm-hmm. and Jordan just you see his shoulders just drop. Oh, there's a big sigh of relief, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, he's he's a human. He can relate. We he knows how we feel." Yep, I sh- shamelessly when he went off in 2015, I jumped on the Jordan Speed bandwagon, and I I mean you know me, I've stuck with him ever yeah. since for better or for worse because he's gone through ups and downs. No, I I think everyone jumped on the bandwagon yeah. in 2015. But, I mean he was. He was stellar. Just, yeah. I mean, what did he win? Like six or seven events that year. FedEx Cup champion. So to me, he's just like the perfect role model as a golfer would be. You know, like Tiger, you can make an argument he's not a good <laughs> Great role, model. role model. Not a good Great role model. Role model. <laughs> In golf, maybe, but personal life, we don't have to really touch on that. <laughs> but yeah. Love Jordan Spieth. Shout out to Jordan Spieth. You can uh, comment or subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> please, yeah, please comment please on our podcast comment. below. Do you listen to podcasts? If so, what are they? Okay. So uh, come, speaking of good fields for tournaments, coming up this weekend, we've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Arnie Palmies. Arnie Palmies. Arnie Palmies. What a great movie. If any of you out there have not seen the other guys – you need to do that tonight. <laughs> that scene is so that scene is worth the entire price of admission. <laughs> you know, you might looking at me. You might think I'm really hairy because of the beard, but I'm not shaved. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Oh so, um, what we want to do are some predictions. What I'm thinking, we should just pick our like top five. We should say who we think, you know, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place will be. Mm. We'll do like a point system based on how well we do. Um, And then next week we'll reveal who did better. So looking on this list, I'm going to tell you right now, for my number one pick, I'm going to go with the new world number one, John Rahm. Really? For obvious reasons, he's he's playing so well this season. I think he's won three tournaments already, which is awesome. Yeah. So he's going to be my number one this week. And you can do the same if you so desire. But who would be your number one? That's a great question. I mean, the two obvious other choices, if I'm not going John Rahm, would be to to choose either Rory or Scotty. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I honestly, I'm going to have to take a closer look here to the, to the, at the field, but I have a feeling we're going to have a new winner, someone else that hasn't won yet. Really? Yeah. Hot I mean, take alert. Here we hot go. Hot take alert. Like I said, I don't know who I think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, boy, I would love it if it were someone like Ricky or uh, – sure. Or I'm obviously pull, always pulling for Tony. Yeah, last year's winner was Scotty Scheffler. Or was it? Mm-hmm. He's the uh, so so. It might not be a bad option to take. I, I would take Scotty at number one. Then really? see see okay. if he can repeat twice. That'd be so awesome. See if he can repeat twice. All right, number one, Scotty for Andy. All right, uh, I'm gonna say my number two pick. I feel like he's due. Um, obviously, winning the FedEx Cup last year, he's just keeping that momentum going. I think Rory McIlroy is going to be my number two, number two pick. Number two, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that Max Homa Ooh, that's a good pick, actually. is going to take Scotty Scheffler down to the wire. You think? Um, yeah, I, I think Max is hungry. Dude, last, or was it two Genesis, weeks ago? The Genesis yeah. Invitational. He, Devastating. He, he uh, lost track of John Rahm there. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to come back and be hungry. Um where this is a total novice question here. I'm going to reveal my incompetency here mm. with golf. Where is the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Uh, Bay Hill, I believe it's in Florida. Okay. Let me. So a little that. bit different style of golf than they have out there in California. Yeah, it's in Orlando, Florida. So, but I, I still, I am going to go that way. I think that Max Homa has been playing some incredible golf. Mm-hmm. I think he is going to uh, give Scotty a run for his money, and I might even say. Maybe he'd surprise me. Maybe maybe he comes in first. But yeah. I'm going official. I'm going to say Scotty and then Max. Yeah, we got to figure out point system, which we haven't figured out yet. Like if you get someone who is like in the top five, but you didn't guess the position, I think we should award points for that. Okay. Um. All right, number three, man. See, this is kind of fun because of how stacked this field is. Yeah, a lot. Um. I think Xander Shoffley is going to be my number three. Um. Really? Yeah. He. I don't know, man. Every time I watch him, he's always in the hunt every week. Um, I feel like his swing is in a really good spot. I've, I've watched a few videos and listened to some commentary on analysts saying like his swing's in the best it's ever been. Obviously, I, I'm one of I'm a huge fan of just his slow moving, very smooth transition for backswing to front to, back, to downswing. So yeah, I think Xander Shoffley's gonna be my number three. Uh, my number three, I'm gonna take John Rahm. I think John. Oh yeah. I think John. John is definitely going to be. I mean, he's been playing. Like you said, he's been playing such a good golf lately. There's yeah. no way he's not top three, at least top five. Yeah, I would say probably. Okay, number four for me. I'm torn um, between two players. I'm looking at here, but I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. He's currently number ten in the world. Again, just like Xander, I feel like he's always in the hunt. Swings in great shape. Seems like he's putting well. Um, I think he's a good pick for my number four. Ah, uh, see, this is the point where I want to start picking some random names or like some some names that you wouldn't expect to be at the top there. Mm-hmm. Um, this name isn't totally irrelevant since he's as of right now he's number seven in the world golf rankings. Uh, Will Zalatoris. Ooh, Willie Z, man. Willie Z. <laughs> Mr. Gilmore, I'm your caddy. 
For all those out there that haven't seen Happy Gilmore, you should watch that before you watch if the you're, other guys. If you're listening to a golf podcast and you haven't seen Happy Gilmore, that should be. I don't know. It's a sin. To what me. you're doing here? Yeah. Honestly, you should turn off the podcast and go watch Happy Gilmore. Instead. I dare say it's the greatest golf movie ever made. Really? Yeah. And I know it's a sitcom, like it's a humorous comedy movie. Uh huh. But man, as far as being iconic, well, and there's never been a year where Happy Gilmore quotes have been more applicable. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I saw uh, a, a tweet this week from, like, two women making out in the the field at a live tournament. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it was like, how am I supposed to chip? How much? How am I supposed to putt with that going on, Doug? <laughs> People listening to this will be like, I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. You got to go see the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, you'll understand. Can you see it? So, uh, last pick. Will Zaltoris. That's my note. Yeah. That's, oh, that's your number four. All right. So, my number number five, I got to put Scotty Scheffler on the list here. Yeah. I got to. I mean, Masters winner, multi tournament champion. I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler for obvious reasons. You know, last pick. This is big. I feel like I yeah I I always feel there's someone super random mm-hmm. up top just throwing like a dark horse you know you know who I would love to see win just because I think he's hilarious oh two people can I do two people sure okay we'll put an A and a B I'm going <laughs> a tied for fifth tied for fifth between Tyrell Hatton really who was hilarious Tyrell Hatton in my mind okay and uh, Joel Damon oh seventieth best we golfer are in the huge world. fans <laughs> of him now. Shout out to Joel Damon. I yeah. love his self deprecation. Self deprecation. Yeah, it's so Joel, great. you nailed your Netflix episode. Buddy. Seriously, nailed it. Like and subscribe our podcast, Joel. Yes, thank you. All right, if you get an additional one, I'm going to throw in. Man, I like the idea of throwing a dark horse. Um, Lee Westwood. Oh wait, I got to put in. <laughs> actually, this isn't really dark horse. I got to put in my guy Jordan Spieth. He's got to be on my list. Yeah, he's kind of a dark horse a little bit now. He kind of I mean, is, yeah. He's been playing a lot better over the last two I years. I know, man. This swing like, change is throwing me off. Yeah. He knows obviously better than I do, which hopefully someday we can be best friends. Um, but I feel <laughs> like, I don't know. I hope this year he can turn something around and at least win one or two events. So it should be interesting. Yeah. So, all right. Got a pretty good list. So my top six is John Rahm. Number two is Rory. Three is Xander, four is Colin, Morikawa, five is Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth. And your numbers, one through six, Scotty, Max Homa, Rom, Willie Z, Terrell Hatton, and Joel Damon. It's a pretty good list. Yeah. We'll reveal who won next week. <laughs>